And we are live back in the studio again. What's up, you guys? What is up, people of the world wide web? (laughs) Motherfucker. (laughs) Taking my (laughs) punchline. Hello, everyone out there in the big round world that is not flat. Uh, How's everyone doing there? That's debatable. It might be flat. That's another episode. We might be in a situation. We'll get into that. I don't know. Um, How's everyone going today, you know? Been a long day. Yeah. Feeling pretty good. Yeah. Ready to record. Barely Tuesday. Feels like it's Thursday. Feels like it's fucking never Club's going stop. up on Tuesday. What do you mean? Feels like it's never going to be an ending day. Um, What do we got today, Harley? We're going to talk about the opioid crisis. Uh, I'm joined again with my co-host, Amanda Rose and Levi. And uh, we're going to wow. discuss the opioid crisis today and uh, and talk about our own personal experiences on top of some facts. And uh, we're going to jump right in. I hope everyone's ready. All right. Um, what's some opioid crisis issues that you've ran into, that you guys have ran into yourself? Personally. Personally. Okay. Uh, I had surgery recently, about two months ago. Yeah. They prescribed me about two months worth of painkillers when I was up and moving in about 10 days. Yeah. I took the pain pills for two days, three days maybe. After that, I stopped using them just because it's too many and they give me headaches and yeah. I was feeling fine. Yeah. What about you? Um, being a college athlete, there was a lot of surgeries around just random athletes getting injured and having surgeries. And some were either prescribed something that personally was should have been prescribed a higher dose of painkillers and then some were just being prescribed more than enough or more than what they should have been taking. Um, and yeah. What about you? Um, honestly, I'm not a fan of painkillers to be honest with you. I, what's uh, something you ran into? Though? I, I, I messed up my elbow my senior year of football. Uh, pretty bad. I dislocated it, tore my UCL, uh, and my biceps tendon. <clears throat> uh, the doctor did not want to have surgery though, so that was nice. I didn't want to be uh, miss my senior year of football. Um, but I went in. At least you guys I went were in, good. <laughs> I went in and uh, he prescribed me uh, probably two months worth of uh, of painkillers, and I took one one night, and uh, it made me feel really weird and. And I wasn't a fan of it. I, I made my arm tingle, made my legs tingle, and, and uh, I didn't know what was going on. And it, it wasn't a fun experience for me. Um, but I had surgery at college, tore my meniscus, had surgery on that. <clears throat> and uh, that's, that's I don't know, they prescribed me what? What did they prescribe me? Probably like a month's, a month's worth. But it was a procedure that had me walking. I mean, I was walking in two and a half weeks, you know. could have been earlier, but I was being a baby about it. Baby about it. Um, But, you know, I I think that's an an unnecessary thing to do uh, on the doctor's side. And that's... You also didn't have, like, in, like, a higher dosage of painkillers you had like the lowest codeine. yeah yeah it was it was one of the lowest ones um although people still buy those and and things like that along those lines just because uh people are addicted to uh addicted to them you know and that's that's one of those things that you can't really uh 
get control of as a uh, consumer. If that last sentence just made sense, I don't think it did. It sounded really... Uh, I went full. They'll understand. The people of the World Wide Web will understand. Well, I went full retard, like <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. said. <laughs> um, so we're going to get into this really quick. Uh, here's some statistics for you guys. Um, so uh, opioids got introduced uh, way back when good old Stone Stonewall Jackson was walking around here. Good old Stonewall. Good old Stonewall. Uh, back in the Civil War, when obviously when people were getting hurt and injured and shot and everything like that, um, you obviously had no pain management or anything like that, especially for someone who had who had their guts open because a cannonball was chilling inside of them. Uh, so they they made morphine. Morphine really helped with pain management and uh, and uh, helped the soldiers deal with things like that. I personally have never used morphine. I hear it's awesome shit. I don't want to use it though. I don't like it. I like it. I don't like it. Yeah. So I was in the hospital once for my bruised kidney and they gave me morphine to help. And it was a solid, like great feeling for like five minutes. Yeah. But it felt like my veins were burning when I, when they gave it to me Mm. five minutes of relief and then back to pain. It did not last forever for me. Like people explain it does. Mm Mm-hmm. It was shit. Did they uh, they give you morphine when you had uh, your ankle surgery? No, I was totally a boss sober. ass bitch with it, Un- undrugged, to- totally clean before I went into surgery after I broke my fib. That's crazy. That's crazy. Here's another crazy thing. <clears throat> so you saying that you were clean going into surgery, everything like that. A lot of players. Um, Athletically wise, uh, NFL wise, everything like that, um, even wrestling, um, they don't go into games clean. I remember playing high school ball with kids, not gonna mention names, um, that were taking Percocets and pre workout before games. You know, our uh, our linebacker, my junior year or my senior year, did it, and he led the state in tackles. You know, some ungodly amount of tackles that he had his junior year um, because he was taking Percocet and, and pre-workout before games, you know? And the sad thing is is that he had to take that to get ready for a game. I don't think he was taking it to get ready, but he was a middle linebacker, you know? If you if you get smacked someone in the face, um, you don't want to feel it at all because the more you feel it, the more you're not going to be in the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's one of those things that like people people don't go into games clean. And they do have uh, that chance of it being a ritual, but actually it's more of an addiction than anything before they do it before games. You know, I, when I when I played baseball, uh, I used to take six ibuprofen throughout the entire game. I'd take four before, and then by the fifth inning, I'd take another another two. Uh, Football-wise, I'd take four before every game, you know, because if, if I got hit in the head and I got my bell rung, which is a, a concussion, um, for those I of you who don't know, I didn't want to be the one to come off the field because I got hurt. Um, so I tried masking it before, before I could even start feeling pain. When I played baseball, I would take six to eight before every practice every day because I didn't want to feel it, and then before every game, I'd take about twelve or thirteen. That's crazy, and that's why and that's I had just, surgery. And that's just ibuprofen. Yeah, you know. And then some people, some people in the pros, they take that hardcore shit, are taking Percocet and things like that along Stuff those that lines makes hair to make them, your eyeballs. <laughs> I don't know if it does that, 
but uh, it makes him not feel anything. Um, it's it's yeah, it's one of those things that that people are are used to taking, especially in the professional leagues. You hear athletes talk about how they'll they'll give you any type of pain pill that you want, any type of painkiller that you want, but they won't legalize weed in it. You know, and I think I think that's wrong. I think it's it plays a factor into what Big Pharma does. You know, Big Pharma is probably listening to us right now, and like, hey, what are these guys talking about here? And, uh, <laughs> um, but no, I think it's I think it's it's one of those things that that uh, people need to discuss and people need to know what's really going on in the opioid uh, world. Yeah, from drugabuse.gov, they say every day more than 115 die from overdosing. That's a ridiculous. That's number. yeah, every day, for 115 every day. people. Yeah. That's that's yeah, that's unreal. Um I yeah, I can't even fathom that. But in the 21st century, it's not unexpected. It's expected out of people because there's so many people that can just go on the street and buy coke and heroin for like 20 40 bucks yeah, but a lot on of, how much but, you get but, but coke and coke and heroin aren't isn't opioids you know that's 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 this is it. just opioids this, that's an illegal substance and opioids are a legal substance they're just they're just they have some you restrictions. can go on the streets and buy percocet absolutely like it's not unexpected when you hear this number though it is a wild number but yeah. it's not something to be surprised about yeah, yeah for sure especially the amount of of prescriptions doctors are prescribing just for uh, people to get out of pain, you know? Okay, here's a little fun fact for everyone on the World Wide Web. Thank you to Heath Ledger. RIP, rest in peace. When he was filming the Joker movie, afterwards, he actually had nightmares of his own character torturing him as he was dressed up as the Joker. And the reason he died from an overdose was because his doctor prescribed a lot of pills to help him sleep and to take the pain away. And he had so many nightmares that he combined them so much so he could try to sleep without any pain, and it just ended up getting to him. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, I think, I don't think that's along the pain management side of it. I think that's more of, like, uh, I think the way you describe that situation is a lack of knowledge of medication use. Yeah. It's definitely on the doctors for not telling him, like, a or him not. Or him not asking. Not asking, too, you know. It would be hard to ask in a situation where you're being tortured by your own character. <laughs> Just a thought. Just a thought. Um, but, yeah, 115 people per year. Is is it per year or per day? It's per day, right? Day, day yeah. Excuse me. Uh, per day. That's something That's that... a shit that, ton of people. Yeah, it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Is that worldwide or just U.S.? Uh, U.S. Wow. U.S. Imagine people around the world. Imagine worldwide, yeah. That's and that's and but a lot of times a lot of countries are like a lot of countries like Haiti or Chile, a lot of third world countries don't have the doctors prescribing pain medicine like they do here. Nor they use they a lot of the money. We're out here, we're just throwing it away. Yeah, and, and a lot of those countries use a lot of herbs, natural herbs, you know, like marijuana or Kratom or uh or anything along those lines. And and those could be um those could be replacements for for pain pills, you know what I mean? Um, they've done studies on on marijuana and CBD, um, and and kratom. If you get the right brand, um, some some companies uh, will uh, bring in uh, kratom uh, being laced with something. 
And that's why a lot of people think Kratom's terrible and and a lot of people think it's wrong for human consumption. What's Kratom for all to describe to the people that don't know what Kratom is? Kratom. Great white buffalo. Kratom is a herb that's found in Indonesia. I believe it's in Indonesia. I might be wrong. Worldwide? Somewhere foreign. You can check all you want. And if we're wrong, shoot us an email at everythingandmore.podcast at gmail.com. Yep. Um, anyway, Kratom, is a, it's a natural herb that is found off, um, off some coast somewhere. Uh, that is not the U.S. And uh, it's, it's, um, it gives you a natural, it's, it's like marijuana pretty much. It gives you a natural buzz or a high, and uh, it um, it helps a lot with pain management. Um, being human beings and being that we do have addictive behaviors, um, and and uh, having addictive behaviors, and that we kratom is from Southeast Asia. For those who don't know, Southeast Asia, Southeast Asia. Um. And they're actually trees, not plants. Yeah, they're trees. So they, it's a, it's kratom leaves, and uh, people will pull them off the trees, and to get them into the United States, they have to lace them with something and then put on the label, not for human consumption, and uh, it makes it cheap for them to get it in. First off, because it's it's illegal federally, and uh, and some states are illegal as well. Uh, I know big pharma is is working on making it illegal or federally illegal. Um, because it's threatening their companies. Um, another thing, because that, it actually works without killing anyone. Yeah. So that, there's a thing off of uh, if you watch A Leaf of Faith. Shout out to uh, Chris Bell. Um, it A Leaf of Faith goes into it all. It it describes it all, and uh, it breaks it down. There's a there's a female on there, a woman, um, <laughs> that uh, she had a son who was on two blacklisted antidepressants, uh, one blacklisted, <clears throat> um, what's the one where you... Uh, For those who don't know, explain what blacklisted antidepressants are. Blacklisted is just known to cause suicidal uh, suicidal thoughts and, and harmful behavior and stuff like that. It's Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and they do that to a lot of antidepressants. A lot of antidepressants are blacklisted because... Um, it is known to increase depression and, and uh, bipolar disorder. Um, but this kid was on two blacklisted antidepressants, one blacklisted bipolar disorder medication. And on top of that, he was taking, he took Kratom. Um, I guess he was taking a lot of Kratom. Um, he ended up jumping off a bridge and killing himself, right? So when they did their test, they found the two blacklisted antidepressants they found the blacklisted bipolar disorder medication, and then they found a large amount of kratom, and they said kratom caused him to die and everything like that, made him jump off the bridge. Um, my condolences to this family, a hundred percent. But the thing with the two blacklisted is they do increase uh, depressive thoughts, and and kratom doesn't get you to that point. Yes, people, being that we are addictive human beings, and and uh, homeo sapiens shout out to craig uh homo sapiens yeah he said that on his podcast he said homeo <laughs> sapiens um or homo sa- homeo sapiens I anyway don't know. anyway um being humans 
and having that addictive behavior, you know, you have the addictive behavior for, for whatever you do, hanging out with friends, hanging out with family, whatever you're going to do the same thing. You're going to eat whatever you want because it's that addictive behavior. You're going to park in the same parking lot because, or in the same parking spot because that's your addictive behavior to that parking spot. And, uh, being that we are humans, uh, there are been people, there have been people to be addicted to Kratom and they are in, are in rehab centers to get off of Kratom. Um, a lot of people are using a lot of doctors and, and rehab techs are getting Kratom, uh, to their, um, patients because it's helping them get off of whatever they're on. It gives you them the high that they want and everything like that. But it's not a harmful drug that's going into their system or but killing the, anything. But once the side effects hit, it doesn't take them to that ultimate low yeah. where they feel that they need to take it yep. again. Absolutely. Fun fact for everyone out there. Shout out to no.lww.com. Opioid prescriptions have remained steady since the 1800s despite the awareness of their addictive nature. Yeah. So doctors p- still prescribe them even though that doctors know they're addicting yeah i think it's just to get rid of the patients they have like, yep it's way easier to just prescribe them the drugs and have them keep coming back when they probably don't have a other solution for their yeah problems for sure it's uh it's it's definitely a doctor's you know it's if doctor can't figure out what's going on with you he's not gonna worry about he's not gonna worry about it because if he can handle your pain with uh, an easy prescription, with an easy prescription, then yeah, that's you know. gonna cost you a shit ton. It costs first off, it's making the doctor money because you prescribed it. That drug rep is gonna pay him whatever percentage they're gonna give him. And big pharma, the the company who produces opioids, is gonna give him whatever percentage he gets for that, whatever. And on top of that, he, you he can get up to forty five patients in one day, which puts more money in his pocket instead of actually sitting down with the person. And finding out, okay, what's actually going wrong? What's actually going on with you? Uh, rather than just, um, okay, well, we can't, it's been two weeks since I've seen you. Pain's still not there. Let's give you some opioids and see what happens. You know? It's one of those things that, uh, that people don't really understand the science behind. A lot of doctors don't really even understand the science behind it. And, uh, yeah, I think they're starting to do like genetic testing because, addictive behaviors runs in genes or yeah. whatever things like that yeah absolutely so, it does run in genes for sure i think they're doing more research on it especially on the ones that are having surgeries and things like that yeah that are most likely going to be prescribed these opioids yeah for sure i think um i think having opioids i think it's a, i think it was a great idea Whoever wanted to come with the, I think morphine was a great idea for the, for the soldiers who were in combat. You know what I mean? This is one of those things that, um, you getting, you getting, you get shot or or back in the civil war, you get hit with a cannon, you know, uh, a cannonball that could be just, it's literally just a metal ball or steel ball or whatever. It could be inside your stomach, you know, and you can't do anything about it. That person's going to die regardless of what you do. But that shot of morphine is going to push them to where they're not as uncomfortable, you know? And, and in the military wise, um, back in the day, at least they were giving them just shots. It was just short little shots. And it wasn't like pouch with the little pouch. 
and it, and all it was is is it goes okay this is going to get you good for next hour and you're going to go to sleep and you're not going to wake up does morphine affect like other body parts like opioids do like the liver and things like that oh i couldn't tell you that one i i assume it does um because it is it is a a pain relief a pain reliever but i i haven't done enough research on that on morphine specifically to uh help you yeah i think now that this whole crisis has been going on they're doing more surveillance on how much they prescribe to people in hospitals and things like that and they're coming up with more alternate alternative non-opioid treatments for their patients so probably physical therapy acupuncture is a big one too um relaxation treatments um a big one they're talking about right now is stem cell research and that's when they um take out stem cells from bone marrow from that patient and then they inject it back into that pain site and they think that with the stem cells it just bring back healthier tissues and that would makes like a six month recovery to like a four month recovery a lot of those stem cells um, are are getting uh, are getting made illegal in the United States um, because it's it's putting pharmacies out of business where people are getting a lot of these stem cells done at. There's a uh, the big stem cell headquarters is in uh, Panama, and what they do is they pull from they're not killing babies at all or anything like that, but they pull the umbilical cord from a baby that is born. And uh, a healthy baby, all that good stuff. What they do is they pull an umbilical cord out and they pull the nutrients out of it, right? And they put it in an IV or they shoot it in you. And uh, and that is that has been known to help people with pain. You know, there's been um, there's been plenty of people um, to have something wrong with a body part to go down to Panama if they have the money. That is. A lot of people are ballers and can do that, but me and my broke ass can't do that. Um, but a lot of people go down to Panama to get that work done to where they're out of pain and they don't have to resort to uh, a $5,000 procedure with 60 days of painkillers that they don't need for the next 60 days, you know? It's 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 something that... that uh, it's something normal people like us little people don't know about yeah yeah for sure thanks to move forward pt.com the u.s wrote more than 214 million prescriptions for opioids at a rate of 66.5 prescriptions per 100 people yeah that's it's a lot of numbers (laughs) that is that's a lot of numbers and it's it's one of those things that that um People don't really know. You know, a lot of people think, oh, well, this is getting me out of pain. But a lot of people don't know it's addictive. And then many people think they have to take all of the pills. Yep. Like yep. any antibacterial or something. They tell you you have to finish the whole bottle. But with opioids, like, do you really want to finish all 30 pills in that single cycle? Yeah. 
and have that short amount of and and it even says take one f- every four to eight hours depending on the pain yeah it's pushing it so it, it's like it hey you to push we it. want you to take like four of these a day yeah and then finish the whole bottle like two months on down the road when you felt better a month and a half ago yeah and a lot of people make it a lot of people have it to where they it's just their daily routine I'm gonna get up in the morning. I don't. I felt pain on Monday because you know I was running late and I didn't take my Percocet or whatever the case may be, my Oxycontin, whatever it is. Um, but today I'm gonna take two because I didn't take it yesterday. So maybe today it'll be a better day and I feel better. You know, let me take a catch up. It's yeah. yeah, it's a catch up and it's a it's a daily routine. Yeah, and then it goes into another pattern. Oh, I should take one before I do this so I don't hurt later on. Yep, yep. It's like it's superstition and a daily routine, yeah. and and that's just the addictive behavior kicking in. Yeah. Personally, it, when I, I I've had multiple surgeries, three knee surgeries, ankle surgery. Um, and they're definitely addicting and no matter how much pain you feel, whether it's a scale of a one out of one to 10 or a nine, you're going to take it regardless just because you're going to feel better than what you're at right now. For sure. Do you think that people take opioids because of the pain? And then, so personally, I would take my pain pill after my surgery and then I'd get a headache. Do you think that people would get a headache and be like, oh, I didn't take enough and then they'll take another one? Like, do you think people will abuse it that way? No, I think it's more of a tolerance with that whole thing. And I think it's genetics too. Like you're probably don't have an addictive personality or that addictive gene. Damn straight. So you probably, it didn't sit well with your body. The senior... He was addicted to a lot of stuff. Rest in peace. Hashtag no dad. Hashtag no dad. R.I.P. Father. Um, no, I agree. Like it's it just depends on what type of genes you have in yourself for the addictive behavior to if it's gonna be strong or not. You know, mm-hmm. it's one of those things that. Uh, yeah, because some people can take it. Some people will can stop whenever they want be done with it in two days even though they might still have pain but they're like oh i don't really need it yeah and then there's those people that take an overuse of it just like, to take it they finish it they're like they're oh done, i need more yeah. yeah and then after they're done with their prescription they're like oh i need more yeah. like i still feel pain mm-hmm. yeah. like no and you're you're it's having your mind. withdrawals it's your mind going through it it's your mind if you put those people on placebos and uh you know if there's ones that are still in chronic pain like they think Two months, three months down the road, like, you know, I'm still in chronic pain. These pills are not working. But if you give them once the placebo effect to the addiction, the their mind's going to think that they're okay. Yep. When yep. really they're just taking sugar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's all it is. And and if you did that to them, they'd be like, oh, wow, I feel good. I feel better than usual. What's going on with this? And then they'll go back and be like, hey, maybe you should take one once a day this time instead of taking three a day. Yeah. And then their mind will start getting used to it and the sugar, and then they'll mm-hmm. maybe come off, maybe want to get back on more. It really just depends on how they are and how their mindset is. Because if they're used to their whole life of just taking nonstop pills to forget pain, then it's going to be hard to come off of something as little as even sugar. So it's really something to think about. Yeah, for sure. I think it's it's one of those things that make people want to, I don't know, they, they either, they're either... Um, there's people who are either about being addicted to opioids or there's people who aren't about it. You know what I mean? And a lot, I mean, anybody can be addicted. You know? And and there's people that like not even addicted because of like 
medical reasons. They're just like, oh, I just like the way, I just like the feeling it gives me. I can't live without them. So then they like just keep getting them. And like people that like say their friend is done with theirs because they didn't take it as much because they didn't need to. They're like, oh, hey, I don't have any more. Can I just get one of yours? Yeah. Like yeah. they'll do anything to try to get more to get that high again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it started back, you know, back when I was saying about, about the civil war, you know, and then, and then what's the, this is the crazy part, right? In 1898, they introduced, uh, the Bayer company, uh, the Bayer company, the, the, the company that was in the military, right? I don't know what branch they were in, but they were a company in it. Uh, they introduced heroin because they realized people were getting addicted to the morphine and it was like, okay, let's just, let's, what do you think? What about this? This is less addictive, but let's introduce heroin. Let's but give like everyone, potent. let's give everyone heroin, but they, they probably won't be as addicted to it as, as they would be with uh, morphine. And that, that shot them in the fucking foot because in the early 1900s, they ended up making heroin a banned substance that you can't use at all. You know, like legally you can't use it. Um, illegal. Fuck it. Do, what do you, want. you? You can do what you want. Actually, doctors in the mid 1800s would actually use cocaine as a numbing substance. Where now they have like gels for that and everything. But back then, they would use cocaine. They'd take a little bit and rub it around your tooth to numb your tooth. If they had to like fill a cavity, take a tooth out, it's stuff that they had to do. And now, again, it's a banned product, substance, however you want to call it. It's a banned drug, and Legally, it's banned. Yeah. Back to the heroin. Illegally, if you go skiing, it's on you. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's one of those things that people need to be aware of opioid-wise. Um, there's better options for sure. Better options. Uh, healthier options, you know. If you're, if you are one of those people who have, uh, who smoke weed, good for you. Keep doing you because you don't need any pain pills. Because you got your natural pain pills on you. That aren't laced. Maybe they are. You don't know. Unless you know where you're getting from. Yeah. Well, if you're getting them in Colorado, they're probably not laced. <laughs> I mean, we do have that good, good. Um, That's a that's a good option to go with. You know, if you're if you're smoking weed, uh, if you're in chronic pain and you smoke weed or eat an edible or, or, or if you're doing CBD drops, that's a that's a whole nother thing that you can get into. So I actually watched this video on Netflix and there was this early 20s man, male, and he had, um, uh, what's it called when you shake? Parkinson's? He had Parkinson's. And it was to a point where he had to like chug his coffee because he couldn't take a sip unless he'd pour it on himself. So he would chug coffee, it'd burn his throat, and he would end up like smoking a joint or two. And it didn't give him a high that a lot of sober people would get it relax his body where he could do a normal person thing and it's just something that probably opioids couldn't do they'd probably be like oh we're taking your pain away but we're not going to try to take your shakes away where marijuana took his shakes away took his pain away he was able to watch tv in peace without shaking like he could actually sleep through the night didn't have to chug his coffee so it's marijuana does some magical things to the human body yeah it does for sure What were you going to say? I think it's it's one of those things that, you know, people who don't know what marijuana is, um, it's 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 an herb. That's all it is. It's a natural herb. Grown in the ground. <clears throat> and uh, I say if, uh, 
If God didn't want us to smoke it, then why did he put it here? Am I right? There will be a lot of comments on that, but I agree. Why would he put cocaine on it? See, that's the thing. He put people on here to make cocaine. I don't know why he did that. But everything happens for a reason. But I think he, I think marijuana, I think he didn't. I think he He meant to put it. He intentionally meant to put it, and he intentionally meant it to be a great thing. Um, It helps you not only with, uh, if you have no appetite, you can uh, smoke a joint or whatever it is, and you get the munchies. Which also can be good, especially for Thanksgiving dinner, for those who are like, oh, mom, let's go. We're just going to go take a, a walk around the block. We're gonna Come back, eyes all red as the devil's dick, smoke like hungry as shit. Perfect. You get to eat like six plates. Shout out to a bunch of people helped. we know. I heard that also helps with cancer patients. Yeah. Like when they're on, a, what's it called? On all their... Uh, their um, Chemo. Chemotherapy, yes, chemotherapy yeah. and they're sick to their stomach and can't eat. They said that medical marijuana, when it's prescribed, they gain their appetite back. Yeah, that helps them a lot too because it's, you know, a lot of ways with that is they don't even introduce it as uh, smoking perhaps, but they do they do drops and they do uh, edibles because it's you're not really supposed to smoke in a hospital because of uh, oxygen the, tanks and the oxygen tanks and everything like that. Yeah. Um, but even CBD, I've heard, has it, been doing well for cancer patients, epilepsy epileptic patients yeah. too yeah so there's a there's a strand of weed we'll get to the cbd in a minute there's a strand of weed called charlotte's web right and uh, this was made out named after a girl in the early i believe 80s mm-hmm. so she had she was going from having uh six seizures a day right or six to ten seizures a day um and they found this strand of weed that was just bonkers just make you blitzed right and this uh this strain of wheat can get you to where it was making her uh stop having seizures she went from having six to ten seizures a day right to having like six a month if that if that yeah i might be wrong on my numbers people you can look it up it's your choice don't quote us um yeah, and CBD does the same thing as well. CBD, it's it's for those parents who are who are kind of more conservative on things, mm-hmm. and don't see the natural benefits of of marijuana, and and CBD helps with those those kids who who are having seizures, and it lets their parents feel more comfortable with um, putting a natural herb in their body that doesn't make them high, and and helps them relax and stop shaking, and it helps with. With leukemia patients who are under the age of 16 years old, you know, with those parents as well, you know, we can, they can give them a a nice few drops of CBD and like, here you go, man, let the munchies begin. Clink, clink, and you eat that shitty hospital food. CBD doesn't give you munchies. It doesn't give you munchies. I wish it did. That would have been nice. I'd buy, I'd buy four bottles a day if I could. Uh, Well, there's all kinds of uh, CBD options. There's cream there's drops there's you can lotions you can smoke it like cbd is is a whole ton and you can get like exactly like uh, icy hot exactly and you can get like thc free which has no weed in it or you can get uh thc in it it just really depends on what you think would be best for you yeah 
And that that's this is a big all alternative, a huge alternative for the opioid epidemic that we're in. Yeah. You know, it it helps um, it helps people who who don't want to. You know, for me, if a doc if I get in a catastrophic injury, knock on wood, I uh, <clears throat> and the doctor says, okay, this is your options. You got this, or you can, you can take two years worth of Percocets, or that's a lot of Percocets. That's a lot of Perkies. Or you can get your medical license and smoke an ounce a day or whatever. I'd be like, give me two ounces while you're at it, my man. For an hour. Let me smoke two. Jeez. Let me smoke two ounces. Let me do my thing. I am not a smoker, nor am I an eater of edibles. But the idea doesn't pop in my head, you know? You say we got edibles? Just because you don't really need it. That's you what I said. You don't have any problems to... I was, actually want some. I was telling her we should have taken the edibles before this conversation. We so should have. Should have told me to bring them. Just gotten blitz, dude. Just fucking. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> we would we wouldn't have even pressed record. We would have had this crazy ass conversation, and then not record and it. Not record it. It would have been like an hour and a half long. And it had been like, just dude. staring at each other. And you like sober up and you're like, oh, we got to check out that podcast. It's going to be awesome. It's like not recorded. Mm-hmm. Or it's like we recorded it. There's an hour and a half of recording that we're just like, Silence. just sitting everyone's here. not saying anything, just looking at each other like, what's going on? For those who don't know, um, shout out to a Loveland police officer who gave me this answer. If you do have issues, and you're over the age of 18, you can get your medical marijuana license. So in case you want to do that, go for it. In Colorado? In Colorado. It is legal. You just have to be 18 and older. Wow. Do you need a reason A Loveland officer told me this at Black Friday when I was working. And I'm I'm sure it's one of those things that you have to go in and have a physician sign off. Probably Um, background checks, everything like that. Make sure that you actually need it, not abusing it. Stuff like that. Well, you can't really abuse weed. Well, I mean, you can you, be those. You no, you sure can abuse. Can. No, you, you can, can be those people that are couch potatoes. But I well, mean, you is abuse, that really that bad? You can abuse your medical marijuana license. Like, Absolutely. oh, oh, I don't you have enough, buy, so I'm a go and then sell it. But that's the thing with the state of Colorado is you have restrictions, and they take your name and everything at the front door. They're like, oh, this so, is how much you. So took, when like, you buy, they take this. When you buy, through with it. When you buy, yeah, yeah. When you buy, you can't go anywhere else. You can't go to another head shop and buy some more. So you you have to limit what you buy. You know, you can buy three containers at one That's place and you can't go to another contain you can't go to another place and buy three containers because it's and that's that's where a lot of people who are out of state or out of country who uh run into problems because they're trying to go to six different dispensaries when they they the first one they went to sold them their limit. You yeah. know what I mean? And then so when I'm, you go to the next one you're already on record they're like, "Oh, you already got your limit for the day." It's going to take you about two weeks. If you use this right, we'll see you back in two weeks. We're not giving you any more. Yeah, yeah. So there's a whole lot of things that can go into factor there. Yeah, for sure. And that's, it's, it's, and I'm sure to get your, if you, when you're 18 to get your marijuana license, you have to, uh, you have to get signed off by a physician or whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? So it's, it's one of those things that, that people need to look into if you are interested in it. Um, we got some people that could hook you up. Holla, holla. We are not going to say names, but shout out to those people. Holla, holla. If you have questions, email us. At everythingandmore.podcast 
at gmail.com people yep 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 anyway um yeah so i mean back to the opioid crisis you know it's 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 i think i don't know i think the world needs i think i don't know if president trump president trump how weird does that sound right i mean i'm used to that famous obama man back there then again a lot of people don't think he was awesome so my opinion i don't know my favorite president was kennedy oh yeah hands down anyway back to the opioids energy anyway um no, if if Donald Trump hasn't already declared a state of emergency on the ep- epidemic, he needs to, you know, he needs to make it to where um, the United States knows where they're at, and Big Pharma needs to stop pushing shit on people. You know, I know it's it's way the way they make the money, and the United States is made off of uh, what's a, what's Alex say when uh, cold beer and hard dicks? Is that what Alex says? Yeah, red, white, and S, and shut the fuck up, something like that. People. Um, but you know, the United States has come to America, get paid big bucks, everything like that. The and American if you have dream. to, if you have to force something on a innocent human to make your money, maybe you should find another profession or job. Yeah. And that's where big farmers going into problems. You know, they're pushing all these, they're making big bucks. All the insurance companies are paying them. Every drug rep is pay- paying them because they can push their shit. You know, and it's 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 one of those things that they shouldn't be they shouldn't be able to do. If if we aren't federally allowed to smoke marijuana in all fifty states, why are we allowed to take an addictive substance in a pill form that the doctor says it's okay to take? And it's more likely, way more likely, to die from a pill than it is a plant. Yeah. Yeah, and it is unless it's lace or something. Oh yeah, then but it's if it's like, if it's an all natural marijuana that is grown from the ground, then it's gonna take a shit ton to kill someone. Where with pills, they could take one pill that's like five hundred milligrams, seven hundred yeah. milligrams, one thousand milligrams. Is that high? Is that normal? So the Thailand, the Tylenol that we takes like five hundred. Oh. Ibuprofen's two hundred. You're right. You're so right. So they could take one pill that is a shit ton. Like has a lot of strength to it, and yeah. it could kill someone that doesn't have a good tolerance. Yeah, like you never know mm-hmm. where they could smoke a lot of weed and not die, but be high for like life days. Cloud nine on end, not coming down. Nope. Um, yeah, you know, I think, I think it's I don't know, it's one of those things that people need to be aware of, and, and I'm sure we didn't discuss everything in it. We kind of did get off topic a couple times, um, but I. uh I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I had fun talking about it. You had fun talking about it? Oh, I loved it. Only if we had the edibles. We should have had the edibles. We might just do a topic on marijuana and just do edibles. We just smoke a joint before. Just take a hit off a joint and do an edible and just yeah, just get fucking Just sit there, blasted. stare at each other, yeah. see each other's faces look funny. Yeah. I'd rather not. Okay, maybe we won't do that. Again, everyone. Everything and more dot podcast at gmail.com. If you have questions, ideas, even if you're a little down and you need some help, we'll talk about it in the podcast. Let us know. Or if you don't like us too, hit us up because we'll give you a shout out. Fuck you to you. Big old fat fuck you. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think uh, that we're going to wrap this one up. You know, I we, we have a bunch of topics coming at you guys. Um, 
Stay tuned. We're going to be on CastBox. Okay. It's going to be CastBox and that's, and uh, we're going to be able to transition that over to iTunes. So that's going to help a lot with our viewers, viewers and or listeners perhaps. And if you don't remember any of this, you could check out our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook. We'll keep it up everywhere. We don't have a Twitter yet or a Facebook, but we do have we're an getting, Instagram. I have mine linked to Facebook and Instagram is linked to Facebook. Oh, never mind. Levi has his Facebook linked to his Instagram or whatever it is. Um, but no, we're going to be talking about a bunch of topics. We're going to be trying, we're going to try to put this up there uh, tonight and see if it goes on tomorrow or we're going to try some sometime soon. Um, just be on the lookout for us guys and, uh, and share, share, share us. Yeah. Friends. Definitely let everyone know. Word of mouth. Are. Get it out there. Get us out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, shout out to the boys more or less. Big old yeah. Brothers. Go take a gander at more or less podcast. They uh, check them they out. Talk They're about all about conspiracy theories and history. Everything. History. They talk about they talk about literally everything. Um, yeah. So definitely go give them a shout out, and uh, we'll catch y'all later. Peace. Peace, Bye. bitches.